Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Colby Cast, your place for community and conversation about pop culture and storytelling. In this episode, Caleb and I are going to talk about Andor, episode six called The Eye. Hockey has stolen Luke again from us, so it will be the two of us going going on this episode. Uh, before we get to Andor, uh, I, I did want to mention real quick because we the the world of genre films has lost a um, a big a big name. And uh, today is we're recording this on Friday, and uh, we just found out a couple hours ago that. Uh, Robbie Coltrane has died at 72 and he played, of course, Hagrid in the Harry Potter films. And those films are a generational, um, film, basically, you know, a franchise. Uh, and it means they mean a lot to a lot of people. And from all accounts, Robbie Coltrane was a wonderful individual who helped, uh, the, the young people of those movies feel comfortable in their own skin and, and, uh, teach them how to be professional and really help them with their performances. And he seemed like he was a really good individual. So um, rest in peace, Robbie Coltrane. We just wanted to acknowledge his talent will be missed. uh, And we uh, send out our thoughts and prayers for his family and everyone that he leaves behind, including his fans. So with that said, um, let's talk about Andor. Caleb, what did you think in general because this is this is a there's a lot going on here. So, what did you think about the episode uh, in general? I know you love it when Luke and I talk about CGI. So, I'm going to start with that. <laughs> I just thought it was visually stunning, and it wasn't just the entire like one every three year event that was beautiful. It was just the overall. You could see it with the 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 natives you could see it with just like the ashes and sparks from the fire all of it was just so visually stunning to me that i want to go back and watch it again and watch everything but those things cuz i just felt encapsulated by all of it just in, just completely i don't think it stole the show because it was a great episode but for me i just loved it i don't know if it was because my anticipation for how big they'd built up the eye and the event. But I just saw overall, it wasn't just, oh, they spent all of their money on that 15 seconds where they're flying through all the comets and whatnot. They, I think they crushed it all the way across the board. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, it's a really good point because I, I remember going up to this episode, I really wanted to see just the visual aspect of this whole thing being set against what was described to be quite an epic event. And when I think about this episode over the last couple of days, uh, I, I don't find myself thinking too much about that event. And that goes to your point, which is that there was so much more in this episode. There were so many details. And, and I remember, um, Last week, I mentioned that I was a, you know, I felt that little bit of a letdown at the end of the episode because I really wanted to see this heist. Well, I'm so glad that they did what they did, and I and I've learned my lesson, <laughs> if I may put it that way. I I'm not going to question the direction of this show or or how or why they do what they do because I think I figured it out. Uh, not that it's much to figure out, but I I see what we're dealing with now. And you know what it made me think of is the Clone Wars. 
So we've got now six episodes of, An- of Andor, and we've got two, basically two arcs, right? So one arc is told over three episodes. This arc has concluded with three more episodes. And it made me smile so big when I thought about the fact that this this is constructed the way that we loved about the Clone Wars, right? We had we would get 20-plus tw- episodes of the Clone Wars, you know, seasons one through five, and those seasons, like three, four, and five, were almost down to the um, down to the episode, like three arc stories. And I'm here for that. I, I'm I didn't know or didn't expect that to be what we were dealing with with Andor, and I think it's just a brilliant way to structure a twelve episode season. And and um, I just. I'm really excited now that I've learned that I've I've figured that out for my own brain that now we we've got two more arcs to go through and and the way that they've capped off these arcs have been so fantastic the third episode with the whole escape from uh from uh Phoenix I can never remember if it's Phoenix or Ferrix with that planet in the third episode whatever it's called I don't have my notes in front of me here with that but yeah so that whole escape with Andor and 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 um Luthen and then now this capping off this uh, arc which was just stunning the spectacle of it all I think is really something special um where the as far as the spectacle, so the the grandeur and this big heist going, uh, being set against this celestial event, where for you, where does it fall in Star Wars and all of Star Wars? Because you're the one that's most recently rewatched all of them. Uh, where would this episode of Andor? Where does it fall for you in Star Wars as far as that memorable visual type of thing? You know, there's so many memorable visuals in Star Wars. I feel like this one's up there. Where does it fit for you? Where where does it what does it compare to for you? To me, it's almost comparable to where I forget which episode it is, and it's because I'm not the best Star Wars fan in the world. But um, in one of the movies, they're escaping, and they're the last ship to try and escape while they've been shot at the whole time, right? And they're just with like just within distance where the villains can catch them. Right, but there's only one person left on the ship. Right, you know which. Okay, Keep talking. I'll so, it out. Um, it's it's the one person, and um, this is really bad. BB-8's owner, what's his name? I forget. Oh, Poe. Poe. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. This is very embarrassing. Poe thinks that she's just a traitor this whole time because she's being cowardly. Oh, blah blah blah. So you're talking about the the uh, the Rise of Skywalker. Perfect. Rise of Skywalker. Where she goes and she just jumps into hyperspace through the Imperial ship. Uh-huh. I would put it up there like that. Because that is just so visually stunning. Wait, wait, wait. Are you talking about when, when Holdo uh, crashed into Snoke's ship? Yeah. Okay, so that's The Last Jedi. Okay. So, yeah, The Last Jedi. Okay, yeah, it's, I, I know it's scene you're talking about when they're running away from near The Last Ship, right? So then Holdo, it's called the Holdo Maneuver in The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, yeah, I, I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. You're right. And it was 100% because there's one ship being chased by another ship, right? And I didn't even make the connection like that until I'm talking about it right now. But you just get to see the ship just cut through this Mm -hmm. massive, massive thing. Mm -hmm. And then here, it's one tiny ship trying to cut through a a massive, massive area where there's a lot more colors. But it's just like you don't exactly expect 
anything good to come out of it. Yeah. But it's genuinely the only reason why it continues to go well. Yeah. So I, I won't go into it too much because it was a gut-wrenching scene, yeah. which I hated every second of. But visually, uh, it, it's it's really, really stunning, like I said. Um, talk about gut-wrenching. I think this is a good of place as any because I just feel like this – when when something cool happens like this, like this episode to me is is a really really memorable um, episode or even story in all of Star Wars. Whether you're talking about movies, animation, The Mandalorian, Disney Plus shows, anything, this is just a standout episode for a lot of reasons. And one of them is the word climb. And uh, I, I figure you know we we, we can just. I don't know if you've seen this or not because it's out there on Twitter. It's out there in like recap uh, videos and stuff like that. But do you remember or have you seen this? Um, Nimic was injured, right? And um, Vel gives him that little shot to get him back enough so that he can navigate them through this asteroid field. Mm -hmm. And he keeps on saying... Climb, right? He keeps on saying, climb, climb. Do you remember what K2SO's last words to Andor and Jyn Erso is? No. It's climb. Mm. So they're in that in that Citadel thing, and K2SO, right? It just rips your guts out. Uh, but he's getting shot by the stormtroopers, and he's trying to seal off so that they yeah. can find the plans. He just keeps telling them, because the power goes out, right? And they can't get to where they need to go, and he tells them, climb. So then Nimic is saying the same thing in this escape. And I, I give a lot of credit for the people that that – came across that and, and made that connection. I didn't, but what a, if that's on purpose, then Tony Gilroy is just, he's just angry at everybody and he's just wanting to emotionally punish us. <laughs> um, so yeah, so there's that. Uh, but that's not where the emotional punishment ends because um, as beautiful as this episode was with the eye and that didn't disappoint in one in, at all, there's just so much to wrap our uh, to wrap our heads around like they because of the conversation at the end of the episode with uh Skeen and um and Andor we know that they got away with about 80 million dollars sorry 80 million credits yeah. right and that I just keep on thinking about what that's going to do for the budding rebel alliance so there's that but look at the cost and and you touched on it last week when we talked about Andor and we chatted a little bit about it. Who's going to make it out? Who's going to make it out of this? I thought, now looking back on it, I sort of had my money on Nimic um, because he had just connected so much with with Andor. And whenever a, a TV series makes you care about a character, you should beware, right? Uh, especially if you don't know the fate of that character. So I was pretty sure that was going to happen. I didn't expect it to happen the way that it did. And shout out to whoever it was on Twitter that made the connection to here's this um, Nimic who is this idealist, right? He's got this manifesto and he's a true believer and he wants to overthrow this oppressive government and he was basically crushed by a symbol of capitalism. Not necessarily capitalism, but greed. Symbol of of the greed of the empire and just the excess of the empire. It just comes in and just crushes him. So 
I don't know if, again, if that was on purpose or not either, but um, just the oppression of the empire is done a lot through economics and he, his idealism was brought to an end by being crushed by a symbol of that, of, of that economy. So that was interesting to me, but I did not expect four out of the seven of this crew to not make it out of this. I didn't expect that. Cinta's still alive, right? They show Cinta walking out and sort of walking towards the the natives that are still watching the eye, yeah. I didn't necessarily have the biggest connection with Cinta through the first couple episodes where they introduce her. But as this episode went through, I was like, please don't kill her. You can't kill her <laughs> because she's just so dedicated to the cause. She shows Vel, like... You're showing your hesitation for the second time since this heist has really started. You need to get this done and you need to get it done, not for your sake, but for everybody else who's waiting on you. And ultimately, that's why they, no pun intended, but they make the leap. They make the jump into getting everything started. But then she is talking to Vel and Vel just says, please tell me you're going to be okay. And she she can't guarantee that, but she's going to again appease Vel so she can go get her portion of the job done Mm -hmm. and do it for the greater good. I'm glad that hopefully she can communicate with the Aldani people, but who knows? I wouldn't be surprised if she knew the tongue. Um, Yeah. But I'm really glad they didn't kill her. I felt, what's his name? Uh, Tamarin? Tamarin, yeah. Tamarin. I wasn't also connected to him. I just sort of felt like he was like sort of stuck up, like you're going to listen to me and you don't have any other voice, whatever, Mm -hmm. in the the last episode. But this time around, you could sort of just see like the fear. He reminded me a lot of Finn and it made sense that they were both former stormtroopers. And then when he's literally like trying to make the decision, am I going to help Cassian ultimately at the, the fault of my own and to my own demise? And he just, I, I would imagine him thinking, it's not just Cassian versus me, it's me and the team versus these people who are trying to kill us. And ultimately, he shoots and he gets shot, right? Yeah. And I hated that yeah. because he probably had some experience similar to that of Finn feeling the force, feeling this very, very early version of what Finn yeah. um, felt. Yeah. And then now he's just another dead person, you know? But it wasn't for a lack of impact. He was pretty much the reason why it all went through, right? Yeah. And I think his dedication in literally saying march with me, all these different things, without that, like you could see these guys looking at um, everybody else scanning and then being like, oh, these guys are new. What are they about? Mm-hmm. But because of his dedication to his role, there was no denying that, okay, they're legit, even though they weren't, you know? Yeah. So... I'm curious to know what happens um, with the remaining alive team, but man, the turn where they're like, okay, you take 40, I'll take 40 and we're done. I'm not even surprised by it because he he just sort of gave off like the scoundrel vibe, you know, and for Cassian to say, nope, uh, it's either like, he didn't even, I don't even think he would have considered going to Vel and be like, hey, this is what happened because then it's just his ver- word versus mine exactly. and nobody's going to believe Cassian. No. So he makes a decision to literally kill the guy yep. and say, I'm out of here. Yep. And 
I'm on this train, so I'm just going to continue it with my tissue box ready. But <laughs> when Vel tells Cassian, like, Nemec wanted you to have this. Yep. You need to take this. You don't have the choice. Yeah. It broke me. Yeah. Because I had become so attached to Nemec that when he showed a little bit of hesitation in the actual moving of the money, yeah. I was like, okay, he's not going to make it. He's not going to make it. And then at that point, I was hopeful that everybody was going to make it. Yeah. And then that's when everybody started to come down and the commander started to have a heart attack, which I thought was crazy. <laughs> yeah, was so and crazy. Um, man, this was just, it was another one of those slow burns, but it was a, it was a small little like cigarette in a wildfire. Yeah. That's sort of how it felt because it was building the anticipation and all of this different stuff. And now, um, now what? That's how yeah. I feel. Now what? Because he's going to have a ship. Cassian's going to have a ship to go where? Yeah. He's wanted when where he ran from. Yeah. And he has nowhere else to go. And he doesn't really even have the cash. He said he's going to take his portion. Yep. But that's going to take a long time because they showed how heavy those rolls are, right? Right, right. So I'm excited to see what the next ones have. But the relief that was shown at the end of the episode was almost like it felt... I couldn't trust it. I don't know. I don't know. I'll let you. I'll let you take it from me. That that's a really good way of putting it because this show has kept us on our toes the whole time. You don't know what's going to happen next. It's really bad for my blood pressure. <laughs> I I was so tense through the whole episode from the from the very beginning. Uh, you, you know, you hit on a lot of things, and I'm just going to hit on a lot of things. The conversation in the beginning of the episode with Andor and um, and Nemec. The minute Andor, you know, Andor is, is showing his veteran status of these kinds of jobs, you know, talking to Nimic about, oh, don't worry, you know, the excitement will kick in and you're, you'll be fine. Um, you know, you can't normally sleep nights before these things. And uh, when he looked at him and, he, and when, when his fate was sealed, I just knew it. As soon as Andor looked at Nimic and said, you'll be fine, you'll sleep when it's over. It's poetic and it's sad and it and it was true because yes, in a sense, you know, Nemec is now sleeping uh, and unfortunately he's a casualty um, to this whole thing as are the other three of his comrades. Uh, but then, you know, we get we cut over to the to Cinta um, and Vel and they're hiding under the rock and they're getting ready to to go on their portion of the mission. And fast forward to that wonderful visual, and it's just—it's such a well-constructed show. Um, when they're when they're they're not swimming underwater, but when they're traveling underwater on their little jetpack thing, <laughs> under underwater jet thing, um, and the and the asteroid or the meteorite, whatever it is, shoots over because it's a shot from a, from below and it's looking up at them. You can see the sky through the water, the water lit up because of the sky and you see the asteroid zoom across the screen. I was like, man, this is just beautiful. The visuals of this show from not just in this episode, but all, all over the places, all six episodes are so, they're just so smart. It's just a, such a smart and well put together show. Um, you know, and then of course they get to where they need to go. Um, but the, I was talking about how tense I was and not, it doesn't let you breathe. It, even to the end of the, of the episode, you still can't breathe that sigh of relief 
because of the situation that everybody is in at the end of the episode. And they've been building towards this for three episodes. And they continued that. You mentioned the slow burn. They're all together and then they're getting ready to escort the the Aldani people and then they're at the the base of the of the whole um base I guess and then they go into the base and it's like just taking their time and showing their they're focusing on each other's looks at each other uh you can see Cassian is 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 concerned about a lot of things right and all, we've only been with these characters you know on Aldani for 3 episodes but they mean something to us, and that's because they took their time yeah. in episodes four and five. Um, and man, it's just so well written and so well directed and so well put together. It's not like it's really not like anything else that we've seen live action for Star Wars. And and I and I'm not saying that in any way or shape or form to put down any other uh, thing in Star Wars. I don't do that. Like I I can like all of these things. I don't have to like one and dislike another. Um, which everybody else has a choice to do too. And this is just a different kind of Star Wars and it is not fun. I'm not enjoying the time. <laughs> you know, like, like I keep on, you know, this isn't a She-Hulk episode, but this is, I keep on talking about how much I love Thursdays because I get to laugh at She-Hulk for a half an hour, especially after watching House of the Dragon on uh, on Monday because I don't watch it on Sundays, but on Monday and then Andor on Wednesdays, She-Hulk is a nice break. But that's not a bad thing. It's just the way that they've constructed Andor. And I think that um, it has its place in Star Wars because it still does represent hope. Uh, and this is this was just such an exciting episode. You did. Is there something you wanted to share? None of it happens without Gorn. And yeah. I thought his line where he said, I probably deserve worse than just to be, to be hung for my actions. It just goes to the writing. If you can have the visuals, we're going gaga over the visuals yeah. and the acting and the writing. It's I hope that it gets some awards because of how good this show has been. Mm-hmm. And I don't normally do that because I don't care about awards. Yeah. My stamp of approval is enough for me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but just the dedication for all these guys. They understood that it was a lot bigger than themselves. Yeah. They understood that not only is it really them versus the empire in that moment but it's they're just a small piece of a very 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 long journey that they're just starting and if they were willing to sacrifice their entire life their entire livelihood to either be killed or captured so that a couple credits could get to and help more people it's just amazing yeah and gorn Really took the long game. How long did they say he was a lieutenant? I think seven years or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that that's... Yeah. I want to say he was good for those seven years. Yeah. But uh, one thing I wanted to mention was Cassian right now reminds me a lot of Han. Mm-hmm. And unlike the argument who shot first, Cassian did shoot first. <laughs> um, and now he's at a point where where we're really introduced to Han where he's on the fence. He doesn't really want to join the rebellion, yeah, but yeah. he doesn't have a choice. Yeah. Same thing here. You can see, you know, long term, Andor is a huge part of the rebellion. Yeah. But right now, he I think he just wants to get back home. I think he just wants to be with the people that he cares about and really just hide out for the rest of his life. Yeah. But he's not the type of person. He's not going to be the person to kick up his feet. 
He's going to be the person to kick up his feet with his mom, his mom for five minutes, <laughs> but the entire time his gears are turning like, how can I help? Yeah. You know? Well, there, I, I think that he is such an interesting character and he always has been, but he was in a much different place in Rogue One than he than he is or was when we got introduced to him in the beginning of this this series and I'm looking forward to watching him turn into that character and they're they've obviously done already done a magnificent job of it and they're going to continue to do so but he is most certainly not the Cassian Andor of Rogue One as he is now, that he is now and yeah there's no question about who shoots first when when Andor is in a scene, right? We've seen it now three times where he's not he that was a he's such a complicated and interesting character. First of all, he kills Skeen because he knows that Skeen has now put him in a position that he cannot get out of. Right? Because like you said, if they go in and they they uh they start pointing fingers at each other in in front of Vel, Vel's not going to believe Andor. And there's no way there's no way that he can get out of that of, of that situation. Well, I don't even think Vel would entertain it for a minute. They would. He, I think she would look at them and say, "Are you really doing this right now in front of Nemec, who's yeah. now just he's turning cold? Are you yeah. kidding me?" Yeah. I I just think he did himself a favor by by doing all that. But I don't even think Vel would have entertained it. No, I agree with you. But that's my point: is that he knew that, yeah. right? He he knew there's no way out of this situation. So Cassian has clearly. He he maybe he, maybe he makes rash decisions, but I feel like he just cuts through the the chase. He cuts to the he cuts to the end of and says, you know what, I'm not. I can try this scenario or this scenario or this scenario, and I and nothing none of that's going to work. So I'm, you know, it's it's a terrible conclusion to come to. But he's like, this is my. He thinks it's my only way out is to kill Skeen, um, which he might not be wrong. But then at the same time, and to to kill somebody like that. That's not necessarily what we see heroes do, right? But at the same time, he then goes into that tent. He's still clearly upset and sh- and cares about knowing what's happening with Nimic. Then he has all the power there because nobody else is holding the blaster. He has all the power. He could have even just gotten in the dang ship and gone. All these things could have been things he did, but he chose to go to tell what we know to be the truth about what happened with Skeen, give the, the, the Kyber crystal, the sky crystal, I think it was what it's called back to her and says, give this back to your friend. I'm taking my cut. And I believe that he is going to take his cut minus the 30,000 credits. He's going to overpay for the <laughs> ship to get off that moon or planet or whatever. So to see him in one breath, he kills a man because he thinks that's the only way out. But then at the same time, he's honoring the agreements that he's made to the people because he fulfilled his end of the bargain makes him such a complex and interesting character, in my opinion. You know what I hated? What? I hated Skeen in the ship while they're trying to convince Belle. We planned a doctor's visit as a sort of contingency plan. And you are the one who's going to prevent Nemec from seeking, from getting the help he needs. Yeah. He's really just thinking, He's I need to, exactly, yeah. he needs to get the ship on the ground yeah. to try and work Cassian some more. I hated that yeah. because I was just so upset when 
you you really just see Nemec die where he where he lays. Yeah. Even before you knew just the impact of that cart coming into him. Yeah. There was just no surviving it. I was so glad for his final words to be the reason why they survived. Yeah. But I hated that scene. I was like, okay, yeah, you were like my little brother. I don't care. Yeah. I'm going to do what I originally was going to do in the first place. Yeah. But now I'm going to be able to do it even better because I think Cassian would believe me, would listen to me, and I can try and manipulate him because he and I are very similar. Hated that. But it speaks to the brilliant performance of the actor whose name is uh, Ebon Moss uh, Bokrok, uh who played Skeen because that man sold it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Not that anybody else hasn't because they all have. I mean, Vel... Uh, is laying everything on the line. Scent is laying everything on the line, and you feel that because of their performances. But that guy, oh my gosh, when he was talking, like you said, he's trying to appeal, he's appearing to appeal to want to save Nimic. But now, after the fact, we find out what he's really up to and what he's trying to do. And he thinks he sees a um, kindred spirit, maybe, or a, a, a uh, a compadre, right? <laughs> with uh, with uh, with Cassian, where he reaches out and he goes, "Hey, you know, let's do this." Yeah. He obviously thinks, and it, and it sort of goes back to when they maybe quote unquote bonded about the whole prison stay and the prison tattoos and stuff. Maybe Skeen thought he read Andor one way, which he clearly didn't. But man, that whole scene, my heart, I think, had already stopped in the episode at some point, but then it sped up and stopped again because I couldn't. I couldn't believe what was unfolding uh, in front of us. I think Nemec, he didn't die for nothing. That no. goes without saying. Yeah. But I think his death is going to have an even more, I don't even want to say that. I think it's just going to have a larger impact than we're giving it now. Yeah. Because I believe firmly that the manifesto is going to be the reason why either Cassian busts a U-turn and finds Luthen. Or he goes, Cassian goes and lands, reads the whole thing and sees how dedicated to the cause Nimic was and then decides, okay, let me figure out how I can help in my own way. I hope he's not done with Luthen. I think that's going to be a great partnership and ultimately his avenue back into the rebellion. But I would love to be able to read uh, Nimic's manifesto because I feel like it would just be such a unique perspective about how it all just plays out yeah. just because of his his analogy between the wayfinder and his notebook mm-hmm. i think that to me epitomizes who nemic was and why like i i'm really upset that he's dead because he i really liked him as a character yeah. i'm also a game of thrones fan so i understand how to cope <laughs> with one of my favorite characters dying but um i just wish he was on the screen more so i could just enjoy him more you know because he was that, just that good of a character well, the the Disney Plus Star Wars tradition of introducing awesome characters like they did in Obi-Wan and then dying, it, it, it now continues on. But that's no surprise with Andor. I didn't think for one second that wasn't going to happen. They 100% need to give Nemec a, uh, <laughs> his own spinoff, whether it's a uh, from him at birth to <laughs> when he dies, I would watch it 100%. Well, to your point about the manifesto, though, there's there's something, and I'm sure that's going to have something to do with it, that gets Andor from where he's at now to the man who tells in Jen Urso, rebellions are built by hope. He says that to her, and that is a massive shift in this character from here to there. And yeah, that manifesto is going to have something to do with it. I, I can't imagine that it's not. 
Not to mention, besides the credits, that is now the only thing he has left of this group and of this experience. He has a physical, you know, I think of um, The Mandalorian and Deborah Chow's amazing directing with the knob in the, on the in the Razor Crest, right? And what that knob represented uh, to Mando, to Din Djarin, when he left Grogu, when he took and, and completed his bounty, then he sees this, the missing knob, and he goes back, right? And he, and it changes his mind. It's this visual representation of a, of a choice that we can't necessarily see, right? But Cassian now has his manifesto. It's a piece of Nimic. It literally Nimic's legacy that he has now left this galaxy. And he is, and he has that. If he opens it or not, it doesn't even matter. It's there. He's got, he has it in his possession. At some point, I'm pretty sure he will open it. But yeah, I do think that that will play into his return, uh, either to Luthen or some something. Uh, and, and but the what's more important than his physical return is his ideological change, right? The, what he believes, because right now it just doesn't seem like he believes in anything. He believes in survival. Mm-hmm. He believes in you know getting the next meal in his stomach and, and finding a way to get his next his next um, to the next planet, right, or to safety. Uh, but there is going to be a change in his ideology. Um, in his belief system to where he wants to fight, where he ultimately sacrifices his life because of the, for the rebellion. So um, before we end the episode, uh, I wanted to ask you, what did you think about the doctor? I, uh, the, the way that the, the doctor that was working on Nimic, do you know he has a name? I do not. What did you think about his look? His name is Dr. Quadpaw. That's a cool name. Pretty I, on the nose, isn't it? Yeah. Um, what's the orange... Uh, character Maz Kanata. Maz Kanata. There you yeah. go. I almost called her Mon Mothman. I was like, nope, that's different. <laughs> the um, they look to me almost identical, and like maybe just like a, a cousin species type. <laughs> maybe, yeah. But the eyes and like the forehead overall build, I thought was very cool. Yeah. But the coolest part was the way they made his shirt. <laughs> I thought that was so interesting because he now has four armpits, yeah. and he needs to be able to move all four of his arms yeah. equally, right? Yeah. And the way they made it, I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it than like a diamond around the front two arms. Just yeah. to me, I just thought it was so cool. Yeah, the, was. the design was different. The design was unique. And the only four-armed thing I can think of is the diner owner in Obi-Wan. Uh-huh. And then Dexter, Jester. Dexter, there you go. And then uh, Grievous, but he's, he's a droid, he's a you know? Robot, yeah. So I don't know. I, I loved it. I did too. And it was practical because yeah. I saw on Twitter – uh, they they named the people that brought him to life, and there was was one guy who was in charge of one set of arms, and then there was the other guy whose actual arms were working. So it was literally it made me think of that old show. You remember um, whose line is it anyway? Oh yeah. When one of them had to stand behind <laughs> the other one and and do the hand gestures yeah. while the other person was talking. <laughs> but I loved the look of it. Yeah. I really I thought that was uh, so unique and cool. And I also thought of Masconada. Uh, how about the Imperials? Before uh, on the, our last point, we did meet um, Lieutenant J. Hold, who I thought to me was a perfect representation of what the Empire is. Like he he's so lazy that his clothes don't even fit anymore. Yeah. He's so disconnected. He's been uh, apparently he's been on that planet for so long, but he hasn't even bothered to learn the language. He can't even communicate with the people that the native people of that planet. Uh, it was a really good representation of um, 
like a like a personification of the empire really not not just evil but just apathetic and and uh, I don't I don't even know if that's the right word apathetic but just uncaring and callous and mean and and just a jerk I think it even more epitomized Cassian's line where it was in the trailer it was in the first episode where he's proving he's a walking proof that the empire doesn't care they're there to do what they're told and they're there to just control and they're going to do it by any means necessary but they're not going to lift a finger if it doesn't convenience them you know i thought it was a little too bit too spot on because i don't have a belt but (laughs) i uh i understand why they did it yeah it was a good uh, visualization of the whole thing last point and it's the very last part of the episode where the news starts to spread and I didn't quite get I didn't get it uh, until the end of the episode that when Mon Mothma was in the um, the Senate and how cool was that seeing that again yeah. right uh, when she was making her plea um, there's a lot to talk about in that scene uh, but I was just sort of looking at like wow the Empire really is on cruise control. Because people aren't even showing up to the Senate any, anymore. It's just empty there, right? And I know that, that that's by, by design because they're all figureheads. They don't mean anything anymore. The only one that means anything is the people that are trying to fight for what's right, like Mon Mothma. But when I didn't quite understand that the reason people started to get distracted, I first took it as apathy. They just didn't care what she was saying. But they were actually starting to be drawn to the breaking news of this massive quote-unquote attack on Aldani and it didn't hit me until the guy in Luthen's shop said it so they're they're talking um they're talking about this artifact that they want to sell to a person and this random person in the shop just says uh hey what do you got anything from Aldani and of course that's a red flag right but you know he's sitting there looking at one of these data pad things and he sees the news and shares it with Luthen of course Luthen has to run in the back (laughs) and to contain his uh his excitement and have a breath of relief yeah, his breath of relief was the reason why I said it may have been like a facade of excitement because that scene made me think of the scene where Thanos is trying to get the Soul Stone mm. and he goes and it's little Gamora and she goes, uh, did you win? Yeah. What was the cost, right? Yeah, cost everything. Exactly. And it's not everything, unfortunately. Yeah. It was only a few bodies, not yeah. the entire rebellion, which is the greater good. But Luthen is completely in the dark. He yeah. hasn't heard anything. He hasn't heard from Vel, his contact. Really hasn't heard from even, like, that's, that's the first he's heard of it, right? Yep. Yep. The random person being like, you got some archetypes, you know? Yep. And I want, I'm hoping that it'll open the next episode with him having that same realization where he's, he's laughing. He's like, okay, great. The mission was a success. And then he has to realize what wasn't successful about yeah. it, you know? Yeah. He he knows that something big happened. He doesn't have all the details, and he is going to find out some details here pretty soon. And whether we are privy to that as it takes place on, scene, on screen or not, I don't know. But um, we'll see what happens. We'll, we have uh, six more episodes, uh, so a lot has... <laughs> A lot has happened in six episodes, and we have six more to go. So I'm looking forward to it. And um, 
like I said, I'm I'm done questioning what they're doing because now it's clear what what we are prepared for. We have two more arcs, it seems, and maybe an extra episode. So I don't know uh, what is in store, but if it's more of the same, I'll be there every Wednesday morning, very early, watching it, mm-hmm. just like a lot of other people. I can't do the midnight, you know, like staying up late. I just can't. I, I would not enjoy watching TV shows half asleep. So I, I but I am an early riser. So. Um, any final thoughts on the on on the episode uh, or anything going forward? I'm just really grateful that you always end the episodes with like how many episodes are done and how many episodes are to come because I always without fail forget. <laughs> so we're only halfway through. There's a lot more to go through, and I'm I'm ready for any and all of it. Even I should say now even more ready because my favorite character is dead. But <laughs> <laughs> throw anything you want at me. Let's go. Uh, crazy thought though. Um, we didn't even know who these characters were three episodes yeah. ago, right? So how many more... Oh, my gosh. This this has a good side and a bad side. How many more cool char- characters are we going to be introduced to? But then how many of them are going to survive? I don't know. That's that's a, a sad thought. So another Game of Thrones reference. My first favorite character was Ned Stark. And I'm not going to spoil it for you, but... Thank you. Um, For anybody else, you guys know what happens to him. And I have no more favorite characters after that. Um, so same thing here. I'm not going to be too attached other than Andor, who I know is going to live until right. he doesn't, you know. Right. Um, but fool me once. That's what I'll say. <laughs> yeah, so now you're saying that you're not going to care about one new character that's introduced to the show. Yeah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see about that. We'll definitely see about that because I'm looking forward to the next six weeks of six or seven weeks or however many uh, um, of watching and talking about the show uh, and also reading and, and receiving feedback from all you guys listening to us talk about the show. I love to hear we all do because I always share, um, I always share your guys thoughts with, uh, with Caleb and with Luke whenever you guys reach out on Twitter or Instagram or anything like that. So thanks for that. And um, Again, I always go back to saying that this isn't necessarily a fun show, but it's not. It's not that you can't enjoy it. So it's it is Star Wars. It's enjoyable experience. So I hope that all of you guys are enjoying it, and I hope that all of you guys are enjoying listening to us talk about it. And um, until next time, uh, just know that we are very grateful for all of your support and thank you, and take care of each other. Bye. You can find The Colby Cast on Twitter and Instagram at The Colby Cast. If you're wordy, like me, you can send an email to thecolbycast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the show and leave a review on your favorite podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is not endorsed by anyone or anything for that matter. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Colby cast, unless otherwise indicated. That'll do, Donkey. That'll do.